Hello, everyone. This is Reb Brad, and you're listening to From the Touchline. Today, we've got a very special guest all the way from Memphis, Tennessee, and I can't wait to introduce him to you and you to him. I've really been looking forward to this conversation for a while now, so stay with us. We'll be back in a Memphis minute. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have. He has the hat trick. The second in his career. The third of the night. The hat trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner. Goes towards the near post. And you're the angle. And what a goal! What a goal! Well, today on From the Touchline, we're joined by special guest Rev Greg Eit. Greg is the chaplain with Memphis 901 FC. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. Yeah, this is cool. So, Greg, you've been part of Soccer Chaplains United for the past year, and you are the inaugural chaplain to Memphis 901 FC. Why don't you share with us a little bit about what that's been like? Oh, it's been a great year, Brad. I mean, it's been amazing to to kind of see a team formed out of nothing. Um, big props to the the leadership there. And, uh, and all the, the athletes that came in to, to play in that inaugural season. Um, it was really cool to see uh, soccer culture built up in Memphis, to see fans, soccer fans that had something to cheer for now in the city. Um, there was certainly some growing pains that's going to happen with an inaugural season like that. They're trying to figure things out, trying to build a culture in the, uh, in the organization. Um, but for the most part, everything was smooth and, um, it was a privilege and an honor for me to be able to, to serve in that way. Greg, tell us a little bit about your soccer background and history before getting into the soccer chaplaincy. Yeah, I love soccer. I love the game. Uh, played a bit in high school and then um, played on some different teams in college, including a, uh, a prison ministry team, which was really fun. Uh, we just go into prisons, be able to play the inmates, and then share the gospel with them. Um, and they were overjoyed to, to be seen as an individual, as a person, as a human being instead of a number, and then uh, that opened the avenues to be able to share the love of Christ with them. Um, I was able to coach a little bit of high school soccer, a varsity team in Pennsylvania, and I really enjoyed that. I've also been on the refereeing side of things as well, and that was that was enjoyable in some respects, but um, and not as uh, much gratitude for that position. So, uh, but I, I love the game, and I enjoy watching it. I'm a big fan, um, and I, it was it was cool to be able to see it from a different angle as who's, a chaplain. Who's your uh, Premier League team that you follow? Premier League is Tottenham. I love Tottenham, um, and in all of Europe, I really like AC Milan. That's who I grew up watching. And uh, I really like Italian soccer, but um, for Tottenham right now, it's uh, been a rough time. But <laughs> but I'm uh, a Manchester yeah. United fan, so okay, that, that, I, I feel your pain. As long as you're not an Arsenal fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Greg, you know one of the things that uh, Memphis I knew was again last year inaugural year for mm-hmm. being in USL Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a particular motto. What what was the motto for Memphis 901 FC? It was Defend Memphis. It's something that came out pretty early. And Where did that come from? Where did it originate? Yeah, uh, just trying to think through, uh, you know, talked to one of the marketing directors there, and um, they were trying to think through what kind of embodies the city of Memphis. What's the grit and grind culture of Memphis all about? And they settled on Defend Memphis. Um, you know, defend, defense is is going to win championships. So obviously in the, Is that because Tim Howard owns it? Uh, exactly, yeah. I mean, that, that helps uh, – 
So the Secretary of Defense himself, yeah. you know, at the helm, <laughs> of course, we're going to defend Memphis. Um, but it's been it's been cool to kind of expand that meaning, um, to take it to the culture of the club and to take it to the city as a whole. Um, the way this this team has given people something to fight for, something to be united about in Memphis, people who would not have interacted now interact because of this team and this culture. That's the way we defend Memphis. So I think the players really gravitated towards that motto. Um, yeah, yeah. As a chaplain, did you work that theme into yeah. what you were teaching or how you were kind of caring yeah. for people? How yeah. how did that work? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, first few months of pregame prayer and um, and meetings with players. I was able to kind of describe the culture of Memphis to them. Um, we didn't have any homegrown players. We didn't have anybody from the Memphis area, so they're all new. They're all trying to feel out Memphis and that culture. Uh, but the thing you got to know about Memphis is um, we work hard and um, we defend Memphis. It comes from we just had our 200th anniversary of becoming a city uh, oh, last year, and so wow. it's Memphis 200. But there was a time we were not a city. Um, there was a time in our history where. Uh, yellow fever epidemic came into the city in 1878 and wiped out the population. A uh, population of 45,000 went down to about like 6,000 people. Mm. And uh, a lot of people moved out, but there was some people that stayed. And the, the people that stayed, some some nuns from a local Catholic um, nunnery and a uh, local Anglican um, community, they stayed and they helped. And 30 of them, and all but two of them, ended up dying from yellow fever. And those, they're, they're what we call the martyrs of Memphis. Hmm. That has given Memphis, as uh, Memphis was then rebuilt after that, that gave Memphis its culture. You defend wow. Memphis. Um, it's sacrificial at times. It's dangerous at times. Um, but we, we are about this city and about the people of the city. So we're going to defend that. And that message for the players then and for the, for the organization as a whole is then something they could gravitate towards. It's something bigger than soccer. Uh, something bigger than the game, and uh, we do that in the way we play, in the way we talk, and the way we um, interact with fans, um, and then that also trickles down into how we play, and we play hard, and give up ourselves to do that. And so, that was uh, something the players really could take a hold of and drive them forward. Sure. Would there be um, for you? Is there not just a direct message, maybe to the athletes or to the to the team, the organization? But is there a Maybe another way that you leverage that message of defend Memphis, maybe toward the person who doesn't understand football or soccer culture, maybe the person that um, is experiencing Memphis 901 FC for the first time. I mean, you work in a church, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Wh which church you work for? I work for Advent Presbyterian Church in, in Cordova. In Cordova. Mm -hmm. And and so, um, you know, those church folks, like, did many of them go out to games that you know of? Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a few. There was uh, uh, certainly a... Because pro, pro soccer is so. pretty new for Memphis other than maybe mm -hmm. a one-off yep. like, game. Yeah, I right? mean, everyone knows Tim Howard. They talk all about when they see him there and stuff like that. But uh, but for pro soccer to be in Memphis, that's something that people so, are excited about. So how about. do you turn the message of defend Memphis from something maybe that galvanizes athletes and coaches around the team... Mm -hmm into something that can help um, 
folks in a church kind of understand soccer culture, football, footballers yeah. And, yeah. and the life they kind of live, especially at USL, because that's a different kind of life living right there, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. USL life is, is very different than what I expected for a pro footballer, you know. And, um, I think uh, it's been it's been easy to tell people that um, this team is defending Memphis in the way they, they play and give up themselves. Um, and then to take that to, you know, Jesus Christ has defended us. Mm. And then to turn it all the way back around and say, um, what can you do to defend this team? You know, defending someone means advocating for them. It means supporting them, means encouraging them, um, and encouraging in a way that literally from the word to, to give them courage, to build them up. That's how you defend someone. And so to be able to say to, um, you know, the people in my church or the people in the community, listen, um, they're defending Memphis. Uh, let's defend them. And let's build them up and support them. Um, and there's big ways that we can do that. And there's obvious ways that we can do that as fans. But there's also other ways that they can step in and do that um, through the chaplaincy ministry at Memphis 901 FC. Yeah. You know, I, I think and I, I often say that USL players, uh, their families, uh, the staff members, mm -hmm. it reminds me of when I began my chaplaincy work with Major League Soccer and the Rapids team, the Colorado Rapids in, uh, in Denver. Um, the pay wasn't great. And, and I was a staffer, you know, mm. I, I remember, I think my, uh, when, when, one of my first years working there, I made maybe 20 grand. Um, yeah. and that you just, it's hard to live on. Yeah. And, yeah. um, I remember, um, well, just even a couple of years ago, uh, hearing about some of the USL salaries, yeah. guys on 500 bucks a month on an yep. eight month contract, maybe with housing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just not much to live on. You, you've no. got to do camps. You've got to do all this other stuff. So so with that disparity of pay, um, what do you as a chaplain, what what are you able to bring? Uh, how are you able to serve? What what are some of the things like maybe someone listening, they're, they're contemplating going into a USL mm -hmm. situation. Um, what are some of the things as a chaplain from your perspective, one year into it, mm. and you would say, hey, make sure you know this. Um Make sure, you know, maybe a guy's just about to get married and they st he still wants to follow his pro career and it's going to end up in USL. Like, what would be some things as a chaplain that you would say, hey, just know that these are going to be some challenging things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and here, you know, so that's one part of it, the challenges. But then the second part of it would be, and look for support and help in these ways from these people in the, in these parts in these yeah. areas. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a few ways to respond to that. Um, life in the USL is very different. Um, it's, uh, not high pay. Like you said, um, if you want to get a peek into that, the athletic, uh, did an article, I believe it was last year or two years ago, um, looking into Toronto FC two mm. and kind of gave a day in the life of a player. Um, and it was it was an eye-opening thing to see um, just how USL salaries uh, certainly play into a different lifestyle in the USL. Um, and so that's something to consider, uh, a low salary. But there has to be a passion uh, in the USL level. So this is the all other side of that that coin. Uh, you know, nobody nobody's playing in the USL because they're making big bucks. Uh, everyone's playing because they love the game, because they they feel kind of uh, passionate about playing and want to develop as a player 
And so that's a cool culture to be a part of. There's camaraderie there because of that. Um, so piggybacking on that a little bit, guys playing for passion. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've seen is a lot of guys move from MLS down to USL. Mm. I don't know too many stories of guys moving up from USL to MLS. I, I know they're out there. Yeah. But just in my own experience with the Rapids and uh, directing Soccer Chaplains United, the story usually isn't about a huge migration up from USL yeah. into MLS. Yeah. So, so what does that mean when it comes to um, maybe a player's entering in the, the, the twilight season, part mm-hmm. of their career? Like, what have you seen that have an impact on, or how have you seen that have an impact? Yeah, I've been surprised by how few stories I've heard about USL players moving to the MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I, I honestly think that's part of the academies. Like, the academies yeah. now are built up so that MLS teams are feeding themselves yep. with talent. Yeah. They're, and they're grabbing them at a young yep. age, and that's that's where the MLS players are coming from. And so USL is kind of becoming its own little world. There's some affiliated teams where there's better chance of moving up to MLS, possibly. Um, but, but typically that's not happening. And so that's something to be aware of. Uh, maybe something to fight for if, that's, uh, if there's a player out there considering uh, what so, it so we mean, have to expand, but... defend Memphis. We, we yeah. really have to say defend USL, right? Yeah, you know, we, yeah. We have to say, hey, um, you know, if you're listening and you're not familiar with the soccer world here in the U.S., I would say... Um, your prayers and your support of a local chaplain who's working, uh, maybe not with a major league soccer team, is is vital because, Greg, you are standing in the gap in so many ways. Like, um, and and you shared some stories with me offline about how, you know, just even going in and getting a cup of cold water or or putting pitching up a tent, you know, so that there's shade at a training session. Yeah. Like, those are small little endeavors that we can do as chaplains like where we see need and we kind of stand in the gap and try and address these things for people yeah yeah there's so many different ways i think it opens up a lot of possibilities in the usl level for a chaplaincy ministry um for advocates to come in for people to step in and help out um with meals and with uh, all a whole bunch of different little ways that you can help out the usl player um, there's also considering like personal growth and development. This is something I'd love for USL, uh, you know, potential USL player to know. Is um, I was surprised at not how little a USL player works because they, you know, they work their tail off uh, trying to improve and develop. But there's a lot of time during the day, and some of these players have a second job, and that's where they're making most of their income sometimes. Um, but a lot of times, what you're you're left with a lot of time on your hands. Uh, don't just sit there idly. Um, set goals not only for your game that that season, but set goals personally for personal development. Because what I found out after seeing one whole season and seeing the off season now, uh, see my first off season, there are a lot of players from last year that are retiring or hanging up the boots mm-hmm. because um, some of them wanted to, some of them knew it was their last season. Uh, a lot of them did not. Um, players are going to uh, different leagues or different countries to try to uh, continue their soccer career. You just don't know where you're going next in the USL. And so especially for the player who's thinking about starting a family, who is engaged or is thinking about proposing or um, you know, you're talking about kids with your wife, and you got to consider um, the kind of the, the volatility of the ambiguity of a USL career. But that should you know drive you all the more to personal development. Uh, what are you doing? And so as a chaplain, I, I really enjoy that part of things. 
um, stepping in to say, you know, what's your career goals uh, after soccer, after the game? Um, what do you want to do? How do you want to improve? How do you want to take steps right now towards that? Uh, the leadership you show in the locker room, the leadership skills you're going to build up for your team could be the same leadership skills that are going to be great in the boardroom um, or going to be good in the business world or wherever it is you want to go. So taking those opportunities for personal development and, uh, and career goals, but also personally. Um, are you thinking about uh, your worldview and what you believe? Are you thinking about um, you know, how you, how, what your passions are driving you towards and what your desires are and life goals are as well? Yeah, Greg, I think it's so wise for for these these players, these athletes, uh, men and women, mm-hmm. you know, even in the women's side of the game, yeah. in the time that you have um, to keep working on yourself, mm-hmm. to keep developing uh, your issues of uh, and and just your own self awareness, mm-hmm. your um, the edge to your professionalism, the edge to your faith, even and and your family and your relationships don't. You, you know, there is a need for, for pro athletes at these levels to rest, mm. to be still, yep. yeah. to recover, yeah. to let their bodies regenerate. But but don't waste that time. And, and I know there, there's been times and seasons where I've seen a lot of pro guys because they have so much time. They get they get into silly stuff. They mm. they spend a lot of time with video games or mm. and, and, and that's fine. That's you know, fun, th- yeah. th- there's there's a place for that. But but make sure there's an element to where you're growing and, and you yes. can utilize the resources around you. You know, for Major League Soccer players, uh, the, the league has sort of a, an agreement with um, SNHU, the, this online learning school, mm. so, so they can continue their education. And, and those, that's a great thing, online classes where you can kind of pick and choose and, and you keep growing yourself at yeah. a heavily discounted benefit. I mean... Uh, I'm not sure what all resources exist in, in the USL, and I know those things are growing as they look to unionize in the next few years. But but if you're listening and you're an athlete at, at uh, the top level or a level lower or between, make sure you use the time wisely to yeah. grow yourself. And and resources like a chaplain are are important. And I would say if you're if you're an athlete that doesn't have a chaplain with your team, let us know. That's what Soccer Chaplains United is about. We're about trying to put chaplains and counselors with uh, teams at all levels mm-hmm. because we want to help create support and uh, and relationship so that athletes, coaches, staff members at any level of the game can can continue to grow, feel supported, loved, and cared for. Yeah. Because I, I often tell guys, hey, you get into this, you're gonna have to think about a second career. Yeah, uh, there is gonna be another part of you. Um, now, it might be you're coaching football later on for kids. You might be taking on the directorship at an academy or something else. But continue to grow. Use your moments to build relationships in the in the city with the team that you're playing. You never know how God will use those things. Yeah. For the next chapter of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, listen to somebody the other day um, talk about careers and goals and. And they said, "Do you plan on being alive in five years?" You know, hmm. yeah, you know, I plan on being alive in five years. And we'll play that movie out. Where do you want to be? Um, if you plan on being alive in five years, that um, certainly affects how you interact with other players and coaches. Uh, there's, you know, frustrating things that happen in a game. Keep your relationship with the opposing coach open. Keep your networking opportunities open. Um, relate well to people. 
because you don't know when that's going to benefit you in five years, but also that personal development and career development. Uh, if you're going to be alive in five years, if you're planning on that, then what, what are you doing yeah. to, uh, to oh, make that movie better? I always encourage uh, athletes and coaches, don't burn any bridges. Exactly. Because the, yep. the soccer world is so tight, so yes. small. Yeah. Don't tick anybody off because you, you never know. They could be getting you your next mm-hmm. job, mm-hmm. or in sometimes you might be getting them their next exactly. job. And yeah. so uh, just be be wise. And and sometimes, yeah, it's tough. you got to hold your tongue because you got cut. Mm-hmm. You got a, a pay decrease. The contract didn't come through the way you wanted it to. Um, the opportunity didn't come through. There's there's a lot of politicking that goes on in in, in football yeah. and soccer. There's a there's a lot of uh, stabbing in the back that goes on, and I just encourage guys take the higher road. Yeah. And it will it will go further for you in the end. God will bless it, will. it yeah. and you just stay faithful to, um, you know, holding in reserve and mm-hmm. and not getting into that, uh, mm-hmm. not letting that become and be who you are. For so, sure. Yeah. 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 One more thing I wanted to add, a way that I've seen, I've been able to step into that gap this past season is, um, man, injuries happen. A lot of injuries occurred, you know, in Memphis this past season, um, season ending injuries and um, uh, little things here and there. And at the USL level, that's something to be mindful of. Um, take care of your body because, um, you know, that Certainly, the uh, the training department is not as as big as an MLS club, but I was able to step in for for athletes who were experiencing injuries and going through surgeries. And to the injured player out there, um, I just want to encourage you. Reading a book by Bob Rotella, uh, a sports psychologist, this past year, he's at UVA and he's worked with some of the uh, you know best athletes we've ever seen in America. And uh, he says, for the injured athlete, make sure you keep your athlete mentality through the injury. A lot of times uh, an injury occurs and you kind of feel like stepping out and I just got to rest it. I'm not an athlete right now. Maybe after I rehab it, maybe after I get back and cleared for full contact, then I'll be an athlete. No, I mean, keep your athlete mentality. um, And that will help you in rehab and recovery and you will be better for it. So hold on to that through that time. Greg, that's a great reminder. And and I want to remind you, if you're listening, that in our app, we have several resources, whether you've faced an injury before, whether you're about to get on a plane and mm-hmm. you hate flying. Uh, in our app, which is Sock Chaplain, S-O-C-C Chaplain, uh, you can find some of those prayers, some of those things we've recorded. And we're going to add more to those things as we go. But Greg, I want to thank you for joining us today, yeah. talking about Memphis 901 FC, talking about life at the USL level, talking about ways to encourage and, and support the athlete at any level. Um, what are the resources and things you can look for? What are the ways that, uh, what are some of the things that are going to be facing you as a challenge? And some of the things that Greg and I have mentioned will be in the liner notes. So if you want to look up a book or another resource, we'll have that for you. You can just hyperlink it. Um, if, if you're listening on Apple podcasts or something else, uh, just go to our webpage and, and they'll be there so you can find those resources really quick. So, yeah. Greg, would you just close us with a blessing for l- Defend USL? Yeah. Would you yeah. just close us with a blessing for, for USL, for this USL championship and all the other levels? Would you bless us? Yeah, away absolutely. Today? Let's pray. Father, we are humbled by the way that you defend us. Uh, when we are defenseless, when we have no justification um, for our own behavior, Christ steps in and defends us. And what a blessing it is to be defended, to feel advocacy, to feel support, encouraged. 
to feel like somebody is fighting for you. So, Father, I pray for um, for chaplains, for players, for organizations and leaders, that you would encourage them, equip them, and call them to defend USL, to defend um, a way of of playing and living that honors how Christ defended us. Give them grace. God, give them wisdom. Give them patience and peace. Also that we may glorify Christ, our great defender. It's in Christ that we pray. Amen. Well, hey, you've been listening to From the Touchline. This is Rev. Brad and Rev. Greg. And uh, we look forward to the season upcoming here in the U.S. And wherever you are, just know that Christ defends you. See you guys.